Anna has never met her father, and her father has never heard of Anna. Her mother didn't know she was pregnant, when one day her husband left the house and never came back. In Guatemala in the 80s, kidnappings were common. But those who captured Emil Bustamante were not looking for money. They wanted to silence him. By doing so, they also silenced his family. Today, Anna wants to break this curse and speak about the unbearable pain and the questions she still has. I don't have an actual memory of how my mother told me what happened to my father. Because it has been like all the time, silence around it. I knew that I didn't have a father, it was obvious. I don't know when I realized that the family had to have a father and a mother, maybe it was at school. I remember more of the instructions of silence. My mother always said, what we talk about here, you don't talk about it in the street. I just remember one time we were in an empty house. And my mother sat in the floor and told me, today was the day. And I said, what? And she said, today was the day that they disappeared your father. That is the only actual memory that I have about my mother talking to me about what happened. And it was like when I had like 13 years or something like that. My mother didn't want me to have a lot of information for me to be safe, but also because she couldn't talk about it. It's not easy to talk about this. Even for me that I didn't met him. So imagine my mother explaining to her daughters what happened. She was grieving. My mother was wearing black for a lot of time in my childhood. I think that she was just managing to give us an education, food, and that was the only thing that she was capable to do. I knew that I didn't have a common family, but I knew it also because in Guatemala, the people is really religious. And we were not. As a kid, I pretend at the beginning that I was a Catholic, so the people didn't bully me. So I was used to lie and to say that I was someone that I wasn't. So I just did that. When they asked me about my father, I just said that I didn't have one because they kidnapped him, but they kidnapped him for money. And that was common in Guatemala. So they didn't ask for more questions. I just said to my friends when I was like 25, the reality of what happened to my father. On the 3rd of February of 1982, my mother was very nervous. That day, the police and the military was doing a lot of research, stopping cars 
in the middle of the street, looking for something in the cars of the people that they stopped. It was my cousin's birthday, so my mother was preparing the cake for the birthday. And my father wanted to do some things before and my mother wasn't ready, so they fight and he left. He left to do some errands. He never came back. My mother went to the birthday to see if my father was there. And he wasn't. It's not like now that we have cell phones. At that point, they didn't have anything. So if you say something that you are going to do, you do it. He was always on time. So that was the time when she realized that, that he was being captured. She grabbed some stuff and she went to another house to be safe. Because if the point was that my father was captured, my mother was the next one. When they capture you, they get your family or someone that you love so they can torture you by harming your family. So the first thing that they did was putting my mother and my sister in a safe place. And then the rest of the family start going to the police, to the hospitals, and to see what could have happened. And after some days, someone close to the dictator told my family that it was right, my father was captured, but they couldn't release him. I remember imagining that I was going to find my father, that he was just having a hard time with his memory because maybe he was uh, harmed in his head and he couldn't remember that he had a family, but at some point he was going to come back. I was like on, on the school bus, for example, looking for men with a beer because my father had a, a really big beard. So. I was looking for men like that because I was hoping to find him or I was hoping that at some point he will appear and I could be able to tell him, you left me. I guess I realized that my father was never to come back as a gradual process. And it has been so gradually that for example, when I was doing my movie about what happened to him and who he was, we went to a foundation that they look in the bones to recognize people. And there I realized that I didn't know if I am prepared to find his bones. And imagine how long it has been. That is a terrible thing with disappearing and with not giving a body to the people. That you always have that little tiny hope. Even though you know that is not possible. They broke the life of my mother by doing that. She hasn't 
been able to grieve like she should. She hasn't been able to live like a woman should live. She stopped her life. She has never been with another person, so imagine. My first movie has been about him. That was the first story that I needed to tell. I had like the need. My cinema teachers told me that doing a movie is like having a bug inside your body. And when you have a subject that is always on your mind, it's like the bug is there and you have to make a movie for the bug to leave you. So that's what happened with me and my father, trying to understand what happened to my family, what happened to him, who he was. And for me, doing the movie has been like really healing. But it also is something that, that is always present. sort of like the feeling that I have a human responsibility. He had some plans. He wanted a better world. And he couldn't be a lot of time alive to do what he wanted. So I feel that I have to keep going like him. I don't want this to keep happening to anyone in any part of the world. This has to stop. I hope that in the future, all the people that we don't know were the, the bodies of the people that they took from us can get those bodies, can have a place for grieving them. And also that the states that did this tell the truth and said, yes, we did this and we should never done it. I think that it's necessary for, for a lot of people to not to move on because you cannot move on but to release some of the pain that they cause you. I know that the people that did that to my father and to a lot of people, some of them are dead. But I, I need the state to recognize that they did this. So the society realized what happened to our country. What they make you entertain your family is that they make a lot of feeling of, of you being the next. 
They put the fear in your vein. So you don't do things, you don't talk to other people. So it's like you living your grief and your pain all by yourself because you don't talk about this. So if you don't talk about it, you don't recognize another people that has happened for the same thing than you. I am a believer that talking heals. So if you cannot talk and you keep everything on silent, the pain is almost bigger and bigger. In Guatemala, 45,000 people were kidnapped and disappeared. So imagine how many families and how many sons and daughters are there. And I haven't talked to any of them. That tells you how well it works, what they did. Now I am living very far from Guatemala. I have like a love-hate relationship with Guatemala. And I guess that it's fair because they tried to kill all my family. So it's normal what I feel, but I also care a lot about Guatemala and care a lot about the people and everything that happens there affects me really, really bad.